Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is Counterpoint now. We've got a busy, busy one, and uh, this one should be fun. John Raz, former liberal war room director, and Bill Hutchison, journalism. journalism. You're a, germ, a gerbil, a journalism <laughs> professor over at Seneca and How former. How long's your career been on air? Journalist, no kidding. I'm one of those journalisms. <laughs> I've got a cold. Don't bug me. All right, let's uh, let's start with the whole journalism angle because a uh, big part of this um, update today, which is getting the most attention, is $595 million over five years to support the struggling journalism industry. And I don't know how else you sell this other than we are buying votes, you know, any which way we can. Um, how do you feel about this, Bill? I... I, I <laughs> I'm hoping the bosses aren't listening, but I don't okay. like this. I don't um, like this because, to me, it's just it, it takes the independence away, and it just to me it, in a in a time when there's a lot of trust kind of lost in media. I don't think this is the right way to go. I have to agree with you, but on the one hand, first of all, let me say that as a professor of journalism, I know you're tickled pink. I think it's wonderful <laughs> because my students will have jobs to go to, and that's wow. always a good thing. Uh, but on the other hand, obviously, yeah, a year out from the election and. You are suddenly coming up with half a billion dollars to help the journalism industry. And at the same in the same week that Unifor, the oh, largest union yeah. representing journalists in the country, have launched a campaign against Andrew Sheard. You think yeah. maybe there's something that, that stinks here? I think so, yeah. And and it, it's not good optics. It's not good for journalists because it makes us look like uh, we are beholden, beholden to the government. And and that's not a good thing. And, and there are too many of them that already look like they're beholden to the government. Yeah, and part of the... Part of the money um, component of this, John, you know, giving it out is left up to a panel that will be selected of journalists and they'll get to decide who gets the money. Now, I'm talking about, um, as David Aiken pointed out, the, the independence. They'll get to choose, you know, do you give it to uh, Canada land? Do you give it to a rebel? I mean, the bottom line is you're going to get a bunch of journalists picking who gets it and who doesn't. So you're essentially picking winners and losers. None of these details interest me. The filet of fish eating chief Donald Trump almost got elected simply on the simple line, fake news, Mm -hmm. fake media. And of course, the American media, much larger than ours, is wholly subsidized by corporate investment. A quarter of what people are reading is bought media. They don't know it. And now we're going to get the government in the mix up here in Canada. We've been emulating the same thing. uh, This is a very slippery slope. Look, we give tax credits to the film industry, but that's entertainment. And we do have some tax credits for the media. I mean, there's there's existing uh, help. I just don't like this. And take it away from the CBC. Cut it back a little bit, like, and then give some of their portion to the independents, like, or or tell the CBC you can't uh, charge for advertising anymore. Well, that and that's the other thing. That's what I'd like get get out of the digital marketing. You shouldn't be even taking one cent from the advertisers. That should be in the yeah, private. If you've got market. a billion and a half dollar subsidy. Why do you need to sell advertising yeah. and take it away from from private enterprise? Yeah, look, I, I think the CBC has always played a vital part of the you know pan Canadian landscape in, in many places. But all they do is cover Trump. Like literally, their whole newscast is about. Donald Trump. They don't and cover. They didn't even cover the last election. The last month. This isn't election. a knock against CBC. Part. This is simply saying why is the CBC competing with private enterprise when the CBC gets a billion and a half dollar subsidy? Every right. country in the world needs to have one nationalized media. I'm company. not saying don't have it. I'm just saying don't make. Don't allow it to compete with private enterprise yeah. with a billion and a half right. dollar subsidy. The the playing field is not level. Yeah. I, I agree with you, and and I don't think we should be spending a cent on private or corporate media. I think because the other problem is of course, if we're going to throw $500 million at this, everybody gets a little comfortable. This is going to be a tough go going forward. 
The media need to sell the public that they are not, the professional media, fake news. And the only way we do that is if we are independent. I'm a former journalist. You're a former journalist. You're still a journalist. If we do that, let's take ourselves seriously. Let's not take corporate money. Let's not take government money. Let's compete and figure out how we get a model so that people don't read whatever some blogger on Facebook well, let's says. Not, let's not pretend that the journalism is not a business. It is a, it business, is a business, and you have to have advertising revenue, so there are always going to be corporations that, that own media. So you can't say that corporate money is not going to be involved in but, media. But if it's going to run anything like the Christian or the, but, sorry, the, the summer camps program or whatever that program was, the summer jobs oh program, yeah, if sorry. they run it anything like that and pick winners and yeah. losers based on ideology, that's my my concern is that it's it's just it's this kind of wolf in sheep's clothing, clothing uh, approach. I, I just object to the, the liberal attitude that if there's a problem there, you've got to throw money at it. What, there, are, there are other ways of fixing to, they're, it. They're, they're, their trough is never full <laughs> enough. I mean... Anybody who's thought these deficits were going away, I mean, God, it, the the budget will balance itself. I mean, guys, who believe that? Guys, you do realize half of our friends are currently unemployed and hating everything we're saying. But the bottom what, line media? is... No, 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 no. You know what? I'll bet you my friends don't my friends hate don't. that. They don't want to see the government no. subsidize the I don't media. Think a lot of they want to see the media stand on its own. Yeah. They want to see good journalism done. You mean while they're working as baristas at no, Starbucks? No, no, no. They're but, not but, working but, as baristas. But you make the market so that it's... I mean, again... They're professors. You stop the CBC from taking <laughs> away the advertising dollars and maybe that'll help the market but again I, I just don't I don't I don't like the way that this is gonna be going um, quick uh, no we're not gonna take a break what am I talking about let's talk a little bit about uh, st. Mike's and then I'll get into the issues with uh, Doug Ford after the break but st. Mike's uh, alumni called to the school last night for a meeting and it was a, r- a room full of graduate athletes lawyers politicians and you know folks were upset and the question came down to leadership but the school issued a statement today and they are standing behind the principal. They, the board is standing beside it. This to me is insane. It's like a cult. It's like Jonestown. They, they just they 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 think they've done a good job. Pardon the tawdry pun, but they should have swept the whole bunch of them off of the field. This is unbelievable. Think. If I was the principal, if I was the governor, even if I aside. didn't know, I should have known, and I should have stood down without being asked. This is appalling. It's terrible public relations. It smacks of the Catholic Church cover-up of pedophilia and worse of the Nazi gold. This is a terrible decision in every respect. And if my kid was going to St. Mike's, I'd be pulling him out right now. But apparently, you know, they got a standing ovation last night. And the whole reason to bring in the alumni is, hey, can you help us? Can you mentor us? Can you bring it back and help heal the school? That's fine and dandy. But to give this group a standing ovation for not reporting a crime is outlandish. Let they me are closing ranks. They are closing well, ranks. They are proud of. They are proud of the the history of the school, yeah. and they want to maintain its reputation and and isolate this as one. What's more important, incident. the reputation of the school oh, or the children's safety? I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with you. Absolutely, the the safety of your children Crazy. should be paramount. But they are proud of the history of the school, proud of the reputation of the school, and. In all likelihood, the alumni have seen hazing, not necessarily to this extreme, but they've seen hazing themselves when they were school when they were in school, and they say, "Well, okay, it's you know this is an extreme case. It's not that bad." Did you read the article in the Globe and Mail from the the alumnus yeah. uh, who talked about you know his mother was shocked? And he said, "I'm shocked, but I'm not surprised." So yeah. he, obviously, this has been going on for a long time. There's but a how culture could you ever, there. How as a parent would you trust the, the leadership moving forward? I mean, oh, I'd have my kid out of there in a second. Well, so would I. 
I, I, I have no words. I can't mm. understand their Doesn't response. It's been the worst kept secret, but it's not just St. Mike's. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, no. As, as we were talking about before, my, my young son, Luca, will be off to private school next year, and I went to an all-boys school, and these sorts of shenanigans, it's too light a word. It happens at every school. Uh, there's issues at every school. It's there how you handle it. hazing at the school I went to, but, but there's, this there's, is a whole There's level. hazing, and then there's actual yeah, assault. There's, there's of sexual assault. assault. Yeah. yeah. And cover-up. And then approval and a standing ovation where are we Again, here they it's a siege mentality they we're under siege by everybody outside so we're going to close ranks they and should we're rename gonna... themselves the marquis de sad collegiate <laughs> go well, they should take a deep breath step back and realize that they're part of the problem if they're back in this administration i'm alex pearson this is global news radio hey no name calling here just differing opinions going head to head with counterpoint, counterpoint. here's alex pearson on global news radio good to have you back here counterpoint let's get back to round two we got john raz and bill hutchison joining us uh doug ford's chief of staff dean french is uh getting a little intention that I, they probably don't want to get and the accusation is the overreach of his power and this is all according to a toronto star, star story uh that says he ordered senior aides of the uh, AG's office, the Attorney General's office, and the Safety Minister's office to direct police to raid illegal pot shops once it was legal and show people in handcuffs. The staff said no, and them actually it was all leaked out. And then, of course, in question period today, the opposition goes nuts with it. Here's Andrea Horvath. As the Order. Premier knows, Ali Kanvalshi will be collecting a $500,000 severance after a single day on the job, thanks to an intervention by the Premier's Chief of Staff, Dean French. Yesterday, the Premier said he hadn't even spoken to his Chief of Staff wow. about this. When will he? All right. So there's a couple of different issues here. The, the opposition wants an investigation into this. Here's the thing, Bill. The, the staff said there may be an issue with him kind of sticking his fingers where it doesn't belong. I, I'm not too jazzed about this because the staff said no, so there was no interference. I don't recall this outrage when Dalton McGinty made up a story about a fence at G20 that was not true. And I also don't recall the outrage when the McGinty government uh, ordered the police to stand down in Caledonia. Caledonia yeah. yeah, no, I, I agree. I, and I'm shocked that the Toronto Star is taking a shot at, at uh, Doug Ford's I know, it's chief very of staff. Surprising. It's really, I mean, I thought they were such big supporters of him. Uh, I'm trying to, to I'm, trying to get no really, I'm trying to get really upset about this, but you've got a chief of staff and, and if I understand this correctly, he told him to, to tell police, Hey, go out and enforce the law. He didn't say go out and, and investigate our political opponents. Don't, don't go, you know, target somebody that we don't like. He said, go out and enforce the law. And the staff said, well, we can't tell police to do that. So it seems to me the system worked. This, you've got a political appointee, uh, political hire who's, who's maybe a little overzealous, now, from what I understand, his management style is is, a, is offending an awful lot of people. But uh, he's a welcome to politics. Hello, yeah. it's not a nice place yeah. to work. I mean, they are they are disruptors. They've gone in there to to disrupt uh, Queens Park, yeah. and he's maybe a little overzealous. And the staff said, "No, we can't do that. We're not going to do that." Okay, so where's Delta? the story there right. that that he went over over the top a little bit and saying, "Go out and enforce the law." I want to see that enforced because our laws have changed as of October seventeenth. So let's go shut down these these pot shops. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the fact from the fiction on this, because the bottom line is Doug Ford adopted a lot of old staff that's disgruntled from, you know, the Patrick Brown days. And they didn't have time to clean house because, of course, everything was such a whirlwind with the election. But where's your stance on this, John? Has he crossed a line? No, I think the chief of staff was just trying to prove that Doug Ford was not any longer in the hash business. Hmm? <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, like, you know, go get the private okay, should we just put his uh, his number up uh, so the lawyers know who to contact? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, honestly, John, has he crossed the line? I, no, I, I like. I, I don't think there's any question that a million people have said that Doug Ford used to be in the house. No, but what does that have to do with this? It has nothing to do with it. And the chief of staff, I mean, I'm telling jokes, but it's ridiculous. The chief of staff goes to the AG, starts instructing them to enforce the law. First of all, where he instructed them to enforce the law was in Toronto. Last time I checked, the chief magistrate of this city is John Tory. That's who's in charge of the TPS, not the attorney general. So did he instruct the OPP? No. And he could have done that. He he told the AG to come in Toronto in this terror, so they said no. Um, I don't th- I mean, all jokes aside about selling hash and Doug Ford or whatever, uh, we have a few problems. We have a legalized marijuana business that cannot actually take care of the supply, even for people who need it as legitimate medicine as opposed to an incentive to buy pizza and listen to loud Led Zeppelin. And we have a black market that is desperate to hold on and grow. And the black market are the only people who actually have like yeah. the scale and, and the ability to move huge quantities of drugs around. We have all sorts of problems with this, but I can't believe I'm going to do this. In defense of that chief of staff, he said... Why don't we get rid of the illegal shops and demonstrate to Ontarians this is now a legitimate business, even if he was foolish about it, even notwithstanding Doug Ford's reputation for having been involved. But it also, was. but it depends on the context, because this, I mean, we, if you work at Queen's Park, there are a lot of meetings, planning meetings, they call them planning meetings, and you're in a room. He could have, for all you know, I mean, for all we know, been in there saying, here's what I'm hoping happens, we want this, we want to get shots of people getting arrested, make sure the message gets out, and I want to see it on the afternoon news. Because that's what messaging is in politics. That's very much possibly what he's doing. And I don't think the average person really cares what what Dean French said. I think it's so inside the ballpark Mm. that they just aren't exercised about it. I, I think the average pot and hash smoker is having trouble getting supply. And the <laughs> they're only on the parking lots right now. The only reason they're not, they're that not they're upset, upset about too much at this point is they're no. like, oh my God, Except my local dispensary got shut down Where's and I have <laughs> all these Frito-Lays at home. Yeah, there you go. Next. All right. Uh, the uh, federal attorney, uh, Auditor General, rather, uh, has exposed that the Canadian Revenue Agency not treating everyone equally when it comes to tax filing. The audit um, reveals that apparently it depends on who you are and what you make, because in some cases, the CR- CRA was not allowing individuals to claim some expenses, so they would give you 90 days to come up with that receipt or you had to pay it back. Yet if you've got an offshore account, <laughs> take all the time you need to give us that receipt. Are you saying that money and power buys you preferential treatment <laughs> in our society? I am shocked. I am shocked. No, That's what you're saying headline. is that money and power buys you money and power. There you go. Exactly. Get out. The you know CRA are actually... Nicer to people who hire tax lawyers who used to work at the CRA. Well, in other yeah, words, if you get money, if you get you a, got a crappy, good tax lawyer. well, yeah, but if you have a crappy kind of you do it yourself and you don't really know what to do, it those are the people who are getting of flagged. Of course they are, and, and they always have been. Well, yeah. Again, is I, that fair? No, it's not. No. But life's not fair, and we're shocked. Well, no, and I mean, well, I am kind of grossed out. I mean, not only do they call me every day, uh, uh, you know, threatening me with arrest, and they're like a bench warrant out for all of our arrests. Okay, that's not really the CRA. Oh. Those are people <laughs> so in this you know, just so you understand. Yeah, I'm on it. Those bitcoins that you've been sending to them are not really going to the the government. But I do think it's a problem. I mean, the bottom line is a lot of the people who Oh, it is a problem, absolutely, but how are you going to fix it? Oh, I don't know. Fix it? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if, I would just if, hope this one's maybe. If, if I get audited, they're on my case. If John gets audited, he's got expensive tax well, lawyers that he can call audited. in, and 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 he'll he'll have months and months to. I, I think your average Canadian is more frightened of taking on the CRA than they would be of the police, the military, Absolutely. and the local, uh, you know, broom handlers at the curling rink.
There you go. Well, be nice oh, to we're them. back to that. <laughs> You're such a jerk. <laughs> back your way into that. All right. Back your way out of my office, please. Thank you, John Mraz and Bill Hutchison. Thank you very much. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.